Welcome to the Super Podcast of Texas Home Improvement with Jim Dutton. You know, you got to do things in the right order. Like wait till after your wife has had her first cup of coffee before you tell her you're going to buy a bass boat. And it's the same with siding on your house. Jim answers a question about the right order. Also, a ruptured pipe in the plumbing, window treatment to keep out the blazing heat, and a leaky shower. All that and more on the Super Podcast from Texas Home Improvement. Here's Jim Dutton. Let's head out to Dayton. And Mark, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Good afternoon. Uh, what I'm calling about, I uh, noticed I had some trim around my dormers. It's party plant. Uh-huh. But anyway, I noticed it felt like it was rotting. But anyway, I got to bring out the look, and, and sure enough, it's, uh, it's coming apart. But uh, I started doing a little research. It looks to me like the, the hardy plank was installed wrong, and the reason I say that's because it looks like they put the siding up first and put the trim over the siding. That actually is one of the one of the ways that you can do it. Uh, on putting on hardy siding, yeah, especially the lap siding, uh, they give you two options. One is to put the, the lap siding up first, and then you put your trim over it. The other is to put your trim and butt the siding up to it. Oh, Okay, because I was looking at it online. The only way I saw it was buttoning it up. But, but my, I, you know, I, I talked to a couple of people, and they said squirrels are eating it. Yes, there's no squirrels up there. Uh, I mean, because the paint's still on it. You know, like you look at it, and you can go flake it off with the paint and everything. So if it's yeah. a squirrel, there wouldn't be no paint. Uh, so well, the, hard, I, the I, I, hardy side in itself will not rot because it's it's cement. Uh, what? What yeah, a lot of times fun. happens is people will put the hardy siding on, but use wood for the trim. No, sir, this is hardy. I mean, okay. I, uh, I, I bought it. I mean, it, it's, you can take it apart. Like, you know, you can see the cement board. And okay. uh, everything I bought for this house was hardy. Uh, and actually, you know, I've got the, the even the, the uh, where the, uh, the planks are starting to contact the roof. I think they got a little too close, but anyway, they're starting to separate. Uh, I mean, I can send you some photos at some point. I mean, uh, I got a lot of photos, but it, it's uh, it's separating. So is it delaminating? Yes, it, it's crumbling, okay. coming apart. Because well, at first you said it was it was uh, rotting, and that, that's the reason I was asking. Well, well mate, yeah, I missed miss choice of words. It's just coming apart. Yeah. Have you seen that? Honestly, I have seen it once. Okay. It's it's not a, a normal thing to happen. And the only time I've seen it, when we really started looking, it looked like what they used for a saw was just dullard and snot, and instead of cutting through the siding, it more or less ripped through it. Okay. That, yeah, and so, you could see it on the end of the boards. It, it just wasn't an, a nice, clean cut. Yeah, sure. So, so my question, too, is I guess, I mean, it's easy enough, I guess, to go pop that off. I, I don't know. Oh, sure. It pops. And then, then my next question, um, the pieces of uh, the already plank siding just against the roof, I mean, it, it looks like it's too close. What's the common difference, an eighth of an inch, quarter inch, or half inch, or how far should it be? Uh, normally, if it's going up against where a roof is, uh, there's oh. typically going to be flashing and everything, and you usually are keeping it like two inches off. Oh, wow. Yeah, because they got it uh, like right on top. 
Yeah, yeah that. Flashy. Yeah, that that's an installation error then, because it's not supposed to be that tight. Okay. Well, you got any tricks for popping off uh, that siding? I mean, like taking the first few bottom pieces off without tearing up the the other pieces? Yes. Be very, very careful. <laughs> now, look, uh, realistically, what you end up doing is prying, use a pry, like a wonder bar, it's a flat bar, to pry up the one above. And that gives you access to where the nails are underneath it because you, you nail from the bottom going up. And so you just lift it up. You can pull that piece off underneath it and be able to get started on it. Uh, but I, what I would recommend before you start tearing into it that way is to call Hardy Siding. Okay. Call James Hardy because uh, if if it is delaminating and stuff, you may have a, war- a warranty claim on it. Okay. Yeah, it's been up there about 20, 21 years roughly. I've yep. Yeah, it, it has a longer warranty than that. Yeah, okay. Uh, fair enough. Uh, now, my next question. Okay. This stuff is kind of blind nailed. You know, you start from the bottom working your way up. Right. So if you take the piece at the bottom, how are you going to remail that? I mean, I guess you can kind of pry the other piece you, up, but I mean, do you just... On, on the very last piece, you do end up nailing through the face of it, and then you have to dab it with a uh, touch of siliconized caulk to seal it up and then paint it. Okay, so you can't blind nail it like you normally would because you can't no. turn it. Okay. Now, what about using screws? Can you screw this stuff off? Yes, sir. The, uh, Hardy actually has a a screw for putting their siding on. Okay. All right. And one other question. Uh, who would you recommend to call if I asked you wanted somebody to, to replace this and do it? What company? What area of town are you? Dayton, Texas. Give Victor's Remodeling and Construction a call. Uh, I've used him for Hardy for years. Uh, and when I say years, I'm talking probably 35 years at this point. And you can reach him at 832-243-9997. Okay, and if he's tied up, do you have one other reference? I'm sorry? In the event he may be tied up for a period of time, do you have another reference, one more? I have never used anybody other than Victor's on Hardy. Okay. Victor's remodeling. All yep. right. Well, I'll give him a call. Oh, now, what about caulking? I mean, do you put caulking behind this stuff or, or no, no caulking? No. You, you, you can caulk the joints, but there's no reason to put caulking behind it. Okay. Well, one, one other question. What about... You know, because if you put the, the last siding down first and put the corner trim over, you got that gap on the end. Uh, water don't get in there and rot? I mean, I just, I'm just curious about that. What gap? You know, what, you know, if you put the siding, the hardy siding down first, the last siding. Right. And then you go back and put the trim boards on the corner. Well, those trim boards are going to lay over that siding. Oh, yeah. Like a gap. You're, yeah, you're talking about where the, the gap is between the laps? Um, typically, those are far enough in because your lap siding would go all the way to where, like, the door or window is, uh, that the water's not going to go in there. And it should have a, a uh, weather sealant around 
everything to protect it. And behind the siding is uh, typically going to be like a uh, a hardy wrap or similar product so that even if moisture does go through, it doesn't ever get to the wood. Okay. So you would recommend caulking those gaps or cracks? You can if you want, but it's not necessary. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, sir. You have a wonderful day. You as well. Take care. George, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, thank you. Uh, I have a question. I've had two quotes for my attic. i got a 44-year-old house and uh, just had one this morning. He says, man, you need 13 inches of blown insulation in here. You need it uh, for ductwork. He said, this is a horrible design. You're going to need a uh, uh, redo your ductwork and the plenum. And... Uh, and he said, you'll also need to spray your roof with um, with some insulation. So, and then the other guy said, uh, you just need, because they don't do blowing the uh, insulation, not the insulation, the radiant barrier, I'm sorry, yeah. uh, blowing the radiant barrier on your roof. So the other guy, I don't think they do that. So he just said, hey, we'll do your duct work and your insulation. So just trying to get an idea, I mean... What your thoughts are about that? The so, is the rest is of your system insulation. still working fine? It is, but but my my uh, ductwork is sagging in, in certain areas, and and there's right. a gash on one of them. And he says there's water in there, and I do see the condensation coming out on multiple um, vents in the house. Okay, yeah, if there's water in it. It does have to be replaced because the moisture gets into the insulation itself and it, it just destroys it and it, it's not worth fixing. Um, if it's just that it, it had some cuts in it or something, that's actually yeah. how the moisture got in because it's just a result of the heat in the attic mixing with the cold air in the ductwork. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the unfortunate part is if it, if it was hung with a lot of sags and stuff, that does promote for that problem uh, okay. but it, as far as doing all the other insulation and stuff that's add-ons that they're wanting to to put in i mean you mentioned the house was what 44 years old i think you said yep, yep. and and it survived fine all those years now can it make it more energy efficient you bet but typically when i use a radiant barrier i'm not putting it up on the attic roof the AC system yeah. is designed to operate in those temperatures that an attic is. I put the radiant barrier on top of my insulation on the attic floor so that it keeps the heat that gets in the attic from getting into the insulation, which allows my AC system to work more efficiently, keeping the house more comfortable. And that's what we have AC for. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the radiant barrier will help lower your energy costs. No two ways about it. But you got to pick the right radiant barrier. Uh, yeah. It is, so I would not go with the foam like one guy was telling you on the uh, roof of the attic. Uh, yeah. These older homes, they're designed to breathe. And you're going to seal everything up and cause yourself problems. So I, I would avoid that. Okay. So we're just probably looking at the uh, ductwork vent and the insulation, which he said it needs to go up to about 13 inches. Yeah, in in uh, the Houston area here, we're typically looking for 15 or 16 inches. 
Uh, now, you can Ooh. go with less with that radiant barrier on top of it. I'll use my personal house as an example. I got about four or five inches of insulation with the Energy Q radiant barrier. I have a 3,000-square-foot house that I typically run about a $200 electric bill. Wow. Wow, I've never seen $200, and I got 2,100 yeah. square feet. So take a look at do that energy guys, queue. Okay. Do, do you guys uh, do, does your company in Houston do uh, the duct and, uh, and insulation like that? Uh, we do the duct work. Uh, for insulation, I have companies I refer, but yes. Okay. Okay. Well, um, so just go on your website and uh, give you guys a call? Sure. You can just go to thiPro.com and pick due west or just give us a call. Uh, the number is 713-475-0004 for the air conditioning division. Okay. Very well. Thank you so much. Hey, I appreciate the call. You take care. Yes, sir. Uh, and I will tell you that AC guys are busy right now. The the heat wave has hit, and anybody's system that was marginal or needed any type of repair work is now needing to be fixed. And so that, that is happening pretty heavy right now. Uh, but, yeah, when your duct work's not right, you're going to have hot and cold spots uh, just to, to start off with the problems. Eric, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Um, reason I'm Are calling you down in Harlingen? Last... Yeah, I'm down in Harlingen. I bought a house okay. down there about a year ago. Okay. And um, the house was built in 1974, brick home. Um, last weekend, a, a pipe in the above the garage ruptured. And, of course, water came down through the sheetrock and into the garage. My wife found it. And uh, we got a plumber out, and he cut out a – he replaced a four-foot section of copper tubing or copper pipe that they used back in those days to, to do the plumbing in the houses, I suppose. And um, he didn't give us a lot of confidence as to whether or not we're going to have this problem going forward in other areas of the house, possibly. And I was wondering – and he's, he's supposed to be working up a quote to do the whole house for us. Right. But I, I was wondering what kind of materials do they use now, or is there a standard go-to now, or what other options might be available to us if we do, have, if we do decide to go ahead and re-plumb the house? PEX. That's what I would take a look at. It, it's a P-E-X. Say that again? PEX. P-E-X. PEX? Yep. Okay. And... Uh, it, that's pretty much what the standard is now. But let me ask you, how how old the house was it? Uh, 49 years old, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what caused it to rupture? That's it a mystery. Uh, it, um, it's, it's up in the attic. Um, there's no insulation really above the attic. It's just, right. just sheetrocked in. Um, it's... It's just, I mean, you know how hot it is in Texas right now, so it yeah, didn't freeze. <laughs> the, yeah. They, <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. The, typically, copper pipes, the, the thing that's going to make them rupture is going to be if it was up against, like, a nail or something. And through uh -huh. electrolysis, it gets a hole in it. Now, 
The reason mm. I was asking what year that uh, house was built is because we got a lot of copper pipes from China back in the 90s, mm-hmm. and it was garbage, and it wears through and and does rupture. But typically the, the pipes from 74, that was, was American-made, and we haven't been having issues with that. So before okay. I would, if you've never had an issue with the copper pipes before, to be honest with you, uh-huh. I would take a, a look uh, and really think hard before I'd start replacing it all over one leak. Okay. I'll definitely get up there and actually look at it. I, I was out of town. I'm a truck driver, so I was out of town when it happened, and, and it was too hot for my wife to get up there in the attic and dig sure. around so we just went with what the plumber said i got to replace now, a little sheetrock but i should be go, going forward did it just did it rupture where it was you know just dumping everything out or, or was it just a, a hole popped into it and was doing some spraying doing some spraying is what it looked like yep i bet fact, you money fact, it, the night before we saw we saw we have the whirlybird vents up on top uh-huh and we saw this we saw this fine mist coming down in the sky we we weren't thinking about a ruptured pipe we were thinking about you know what where's the rain coming from the uh, sky was yeah. clear <laughs> and we and then so we put two and two together a couple of days later and said, well that's where that water was coming from yep. it was it was sucking it up through the whirly birds i would bet you money then that it, there was a, a nail or some type of piece of metal that was touching that copper pipe that caused this and if that's the case, I, I, I would not bother doing a bunch of replacement. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'll uh, I'll follow that away and just keep an eye on things. Yeah. Now, if it happens a second time, change it out for PEX. Okay. I'll have to remember that. PEX. All right. Now, is that different from those, from what those repipe places do where they go yes. in and the, run the all your lines in a couple of days? Yeah. What they do is, is uh, basically open up all the pipes. They... They run some like walnut shells through it to clean it all out, and then and spray an epoxy coating through the inside of the pipe, uh, and that basically to seal it from the inside, uh, and that oh. works great. But there's not a whole lot of that being done anymore, simply because the PEX costs about the same as going in with the repipe system. The E-pipe is what it's called. Ace Duraflow is the ones who have that product out. And it is still available if you want to take a look at it. I'm not sure about in Harlingen, though. Right. That's that's, that's right. It may not be available down there yet. Yeah. Okay, Jim. Well, I sure appreciate the info. You bet. You take care. Thank you. You too. Chuck in Memorial. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, Jim. Uh, it's that time of year, all that heat coming in, and so I have a question about Radiant Barrier. Okay. Uh, a brief history. I live in a Kikarilla home built in 1964, a little over 2,000 square feet, and my attic is has plywood decking uh, so we can walk around and store all of our unwanted junk up there. Um, but I was just curious, how can I further improve uh, my radiant barrier. I, I can't just blow additional insulation on top of the decking. So I was wondering right. more about painting the underside of the roof decking and how how efficient that might be. 
Well, they do make a, a paint that you can put up there. And when it's all mixed properly and applied properly, it'll get you up to 65% uh, protection against the radiant heat. The Energy Q radiant barrier, which you could lay on top of that plywood and still stack your stuff, would get you up to 97%. And typically what we tell people uh, is just paint the edges where the plywood is so you know not to step off of it. But you can put your boxes back on and stuff, and it'll stop that heat transfer that does get in the attic from going into the insulation. So it'll definitely help with your energy consumption in the house. Well, that's, that's good to know. But if I take all the boxes down from my attic, they are not going back up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's, that's good to know. And I think I'll probably go ahead and, and work on that. Uh, but I also have to tell you, I am a big uh, believer in ready seal yeah I've, oh yeah said several times in, in my house around my house um and so i just heard that that commercial and wanted to say yeah i agree no it is a wonderful product and you know a lot okay, of people I'm don't not, realize that that product is made here in texas so you know they understand our climate that way yeah well i've used it on my and i have a i built a swing for my my late wife and I had some, you know, put some on my fences and stuff like that, and it, yep. it really does. It, it makes a big difference. Good. Well, sir, right. I, I appreciate your help, man. You bet. You take care. Thank you. Bye. Let's see. We had some uh, email questions I was going to take care of. This one came from uh, Jameson. She says, good day, Mr. Dutton. Oh, so formal. Thank you again for answering a recent question from about a month ago. And uh, all was resolved today. I would like to ask what might the best indoor heat reflective or IR film be to attach to my windows to hopefully lower the electricity bill or keep more heat out? Do such items really work? I'm also having my apartment's maintenance folks try to improve my AC, but thought maybe the film product might help. My AC runs nonstop. I have it at 80, but the thermostat still goes to 85 from about 2 p.m. to 6 or to 9 p.m. I'm on the west side of my apartment building and West Chase in the Houston area. Not sure if it may be primarily due to bad insulation or the apartment being old, but I have also been looking for potential solutions. Thank you in advance. For your thoughts and recommendations, sincerely, Jameson. Jameson, take a look at a product uh, called 3M. It's for uh, window insulation, and they have one that's clear. And so, you know, because a lot of times the apartment places will uh, kind of gripe that, oh, you can't put anything that's going to, you know, change the color so that uh, everything looks the same. It's clear. It blocks the heat transfer from coming in. Uh, and yes, that will help with your energy bills. As far as that uh, AC system, you know, in, in the heat in the afternoons, it really does sound like the system's on its last leg. Uh, it should be able to, if they've done all the service work on it and everything, it should be able to keep up with what we've been having for heat because we are just now hitting the truly hot, hot part of the year, and it's still going to get worse from here. We're not even into the hottest yet. So I suspect 
that the AC system is probably pretty old and not performing at at its uh, best any longer. And and something to keep in mind: as AC systems age, they do become less efficient, and that's probably what you're struggling with uh, with this AC right now. Is it's just aged out and time to be looking at uh, replacing it. The unfortunate thing is it's probably still running and therefore in their eyes doesn't need to be replaced. But uh, if they want to keep comfortable in the in those units, uh, they, will, they will be looking at replacing them. Fran in Seabrook, we are considering painting our kitchen cabinets. Is painting better than stain? What type of questions should we ask potential contractor, i.e. spray process, what is typical cost? Thanks so much, Fran. Well, uh, I can't tell you what the typical cost is because there's too many variances on that. Uh, but I can tell you paint is what's in style right now using the colors. Um, if you've got a wooden cabinets that way, you can have them cleaned up with with a deglosser and you want to get all the grease and grime off of them and then uh, and then they can be painted and you're going to want to put a deglosser otherwise nothing's going to stick to it but you got to make sure you get all the grime and grease and everything off as well when you're using this deglosser then put a primer on there and you can paint it spraying is preferable because it's not going to uh, leave brush marks or roller marks or anything. It gives you a nice smooth finish, but it's not always possible. So depending on the situation, if it's in a uh, uh, setup where you have to brush or roll, that actually is fine. So in a nutshell, that would be how you would do it. Now, there is a special product out there called SprayNet, S-P-R-A-Y-Net. And this is a proprietary product and application technique that really does a great job of it. You may want to look them up and talk with them as well. So hopefully that'll help you out with that. Kim, I appreciate you holding. Thanks so much, Jim. I really appreciate your show. I look forward to listening to it every Saturday. Um, here's what i got going on. I have two mirrored, both my full baths are upstairs. They're mirrored. And they have the shower tub insert acrylic, 1978 home. Okay. Uh, talk, the main thing right at, at present is with the guest bath. And so it has the Delta Uniball faucet. And uh, and so I got an issue with that is that when it's on now, it leaks out the front. And so I know that's, I've worked on a lot of Delta products. The other thing is, is that the spigot, I mean, the yeah, the faucet, the spigot, when I turn the, uh, when I, try to engage the diverter uh, to take a shower, that works, but what it's doing, and also even when it's not running, well, probably as a result of having it run, it now drizzles a little bit of rust out the bottom of the spigot in the surround, and also downstairs, it's it leaks, and it's, and it's rust colored. That's how I know for sure where that's coming from. Um, I don't haven't done a test, but I suspect the tub is not leaking. I suspect it would not leak if I just filled the tub with water and took a bath. Right. So that's one issue, and I have some backstory on it because uh, the I was going to say the oh okay. So what happened is on the on the master side years ago when I was less wise, 
I tried to remove that cap because I'd seen my neighbor do it, but his was newer, and I twisted the armature off. Um, and the man that repaired it, in that case, that the plumbing backs to a linen closet, which has an access panel. You can see everything from behind. Young man came out and fixed it. At the end, I, I wish I'd have looked at the parts he took out, but he handed me some scraps of copper, a couple of 90s, and he handed me another fitting, which I believe it's brass threaded. He cleaned up. You can see it was used. I think that's where a nipple uh, threaded in. So fast forward to the other side is I know that those caps are a bear to take off, and that's uh, I, that's less important. But like taking, solving, I, the murder thing all came about. I soaked the whole, basically plugged up this the, the, the spout and just filled the entire thing from the shower head down with vinegar. And I think I exacerbated it. It, it wasn't rusty before. Right. It might have been leaking. I don't think it was leaking. I don't. I think it was. I think I turned it leaking and rusty by vinegar enacting with steel. And the other thing. So I'm wondering. And that's. It was. It's got diverter. Got tough from disuse. It doesn't happen in my shower where I use it all the time. And yeah. so you know what I'm wondering is, based on what the part the young man gave me first, the likelihood that there's a steel nipple threading into something the kid when he replaced the other side he sweated on copper and put a stops uh put a spigot that had a set screw right up by the wall yeah i don't detect any set screw in the one that's in the guest and i'm wondering i've seen videos and people do all kinds of radical stuff on videos but i saw a guy just stick a screwdriver in the mouth of that spout and twist it off oh so i'm just thinking what are a strap i got strap i got all kinds of tools i'm usually pretty mechanically adept but yeah. So I'm just wondering, so can I take a strap I'm, I'm guessing, that first of all, that when you're using a diverter and it's sending the water up to the shower head, the, the, the section of pipe that's diverting up to the shower head is probably bad. That's what's leaking and probably letting the water go down below. Uh, now, the tub spigot, you can actually turn that off and put another one on and uh but i i don't think that's going to solve your problem because typically inside the spigot for the tub where you pull the diverter valve uh, lever it's just a little flapper that closes and that's usually not a, a steel that's going to rust that way so i think you're on the right track how old a house is this i i forgot 19, what you said 1978 I'm betting then that it, it it has a like you said it has a piece of uh, steel pipe in it instead of copper everywhere. Right. And that's where the rust is coming from. And I hate to tell you this, but you're probably going to have to open the back side of that just like you did on the other bathroom in yeah, order to get to it. Me, yeah, that brings me to the. <laughs> serious part is the other one backs to the linen closet this one backs to the furnace closet with what i can tell the plumbing being right where they put the corner yep to sheetrock in the furnace so uh from the back it's going to be cut right up by the wall high up and, yeah and uh move move it's a chase for the duct work coming down so i don't know if there's enough wiggle room or what i don't know if you can get in there and sweat or yeah, uh, you know the other choice is to do it from the front, but that means rebuilding the whole bathroom that or the whole surround of the tub. Right. So e either way, it's going to cost you to get to it. 
You're saying now, that's, this is because of the spout, right? The that, that's the spout and probably the faucet as well. But what I will tell you is a lot of those Delta faucets that way have lifetime warranties on them. You yeah. may be able to pull the insert out of that and go get a replacement. Yeah, once I, and so, and then that, the last thing I really had on my mind is, so I talked to a lot of people, I, I've seen a lot of videos, but I actually talked to an extremely uh, experienced plumber, and, he, you know, his, he, he definitely isn't coming, like, to cap, get that cover off, he is not right. a heated up with the torch guy, he's talking about, uh, basically a lot of people have said, who I trust is, take a Dremel tool, cut the cap off. And he said they might nick up the threads, but they'll always thread back on. They actually have those caps at the local box store. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, if I could get – it's starting to leak when I open it. It's just leaking on the front, not in the back that I can tell. Uh, well, so you you can pretty much count if it's leaking in the front. You're probably having an, an issue in the back as well. Okay. So what I'm thinking is if I can get that cap off, then there's the bonnet nuts. I mean, I've serviced – uh, well, a lot of the other kind of Delta, not really the Uniball, but I understand you're supposed to get a brass one. But you're saying I may be able to get all of that, or that insert. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because they sell brass ones. I mean, it does matter. Correct. But, uh, go go to if I can go get... to a plumbing supply store, though, instead of the box store. Sure. Yeah, I just went to one yesterday, a major one. And, yeah. Uh, but I'm just thinking, cut it off, you know, get it, make sure a cap's available before I do that. After yep. that, I'm assuming I can. If all I'm doing is servicing it and all the, the you know the the bottom seats and all the rubber is, I can I can do all that from the front, correct? Because I mean that whole chrome like seven inches. Yes, as, as long disc. as the housing is good, you can service all that. What you won't be able to service from the front is, uh, if, if one of the plugs on the faucet is leaking, or if that pipe that that uh, diverts the water to the shower head is is leaking. You won't be able to service that from the front. I'm trying to picture the pipe you're talking. So you're not talking about the pipe that just goes vertically up to the shower head. Yes. Oh, that that long pipe. Yep. So it can, believe it or not, like those the, are notorious for rusting out, where uh, or rotting out, where they meet the uh, the valves and and uh, diverters and stuff. So the leak would probably be happening right down there by where yep. the faucet is correct but there's not really a way to service that without uh is that threaded in i mean it's looks like it's stainless or galvanized or something uh, uh it's normally going to be threaded in uh now if it's copper pipes though it's going to be sweated right but i mean whatever goes whatever oh i see so would it be a would there be a transition between what went vertical and then what comes out of the wall right there yes the head is, okay okay i got gotcha. you so there could be a transition from copper right there. Yep, and I'm so, and I'm guessing that's where they probably use two dissimilar metals, and that's the reason it's doing what it's doing. Right. Okay. What if I just give up on showers for now? <laughs> the rest of the world would appreciate if you take one once in a while, but that's yeah, a different but let's story. Yeah, let's, let's, I can do that <laughs> in the next door, but let's say bath, right? Okay. And so, so it seems like likelihood if I can, if I cut that cap off. And nothing is horribly wrong with what I see. It'd be worth uh, taking that bonnet. I mean, cutting the water off, taking the bonnet off, servicing all that. Yep. And that might get me to where that doesn't leak front or back. And then it's still serviceable for, uh, you know, granted, like you said, you you maybe don't want to shower. But, you know, 
stranger things have happened. You get that fixed, and it may take care of the shower as well. Right. And I'm just wondering, so you don't think there's any, like me pouring the vinegar in it, did any kind of interaction with the steel nipple? I really don't. Okay. So it's just good old rotten vertical pipe. Yep. Okay. Uh, that helps a lot, actually, because that means, that helps me a lot. I just, I'm going to okay. have to think hard about how to get at it. Well, is it is it a tile wall? No, it's she. I mean, the, the, the tile. Oh, that's right. You said it was a. Behind yeah. in the, it's in the it's in the stairway, so it's gonna be. But it's no. I've done that before to replace. Duct, I mean, to cut a hole in the sheetrock. Yeah. It's less. Am I gonna am I gonna have to divert like disconnect those down ducts, and then what if that corner two by four framing is right up behind that? I it mean, will is there be. Room for somebody to is somebody is there room for somebody to sweat that? Yeah. Well, a lot of times what they'll do is have it where there's enough space where you have to cut from the outside and they just have to reach in. You, you're not able to go into it, but, yeah, obviously I'm not there to look at it, so it's hard to say. But uh, I personally would fix the valve first and then go from there. Yeah, fix the valve and then see what goes on. Yep. Great. Uh, do you, do you, what do you think of the whole cut the cap off thing, the Dremel tool? Usually they'll come off, but if it won't come off, it won't come off. Uh, yeah, cut it off, and they make a universal to go back on, so no problem. Well, last time I had a pipe wrench on it because I didn't care, I mean, cosmetically, yeah. but it on the master in it, I thought, oh, this is, I mean, this is foolish. I've done a lot of mechanics. I'm like, this is going easy, right, which, yeah. of course, is always a really bad thing. Okay, sir, thank you so much for your you time. You bet. Take care. Thanks for joining us for the super podcast of Texas Home Improvement. Jim has lots more on YouTube, on the TV show, and at THIPro.com. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.